everybody. Welcome to my Bible class today. I want us to take a look at a topic that I think is very important to us all, and it's unbelief. If you have followed me within the past two months, I have been talking a lot about faith. We talked a lot about the grace of God. We've been in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Um, and I feel like I can't get off of this topic just yet, mainly because in all transparency, this is where I am living in right now, uh, learning how to see the things that we've been studying about, the spiritual blessings that God has made available to us, learning how to see those things manifest in our life. And I have said over and over again that I believe because we are in Christ, we all are given a measure of faith according to the word of God. And so I don't believe that our problem is our faith because I believe because we have given the measure of faith through Jesus that we have faith. And Jesus has said in the gospels that faith the size of a mustard seed is all we need. And so we have faith and I believe we have enough faith but what is stopping us from seeing the manifestation of the blessings of God in our lives? And I believe that's unbelief. So that's what we are going to look at today. And we are going to start in Romans chapter 8. I was reading this this morning, and this stuck out to me. And I want to start at verse 31. What shall we say? What shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And I circled that, and I'm like, it says right here that he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, and that he also will freely give us all things. And the verse before it, verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you read a little bit further up, uh, leading into that, it's talking about, first it talks about that if we hope for things that we don't see, then we pretty much grow in patience. And then it talks about how the Spirit helps our infirmities, how the Spirit prays for us. And so because the Spirit is interceding for us, because the Spirit is praying for us, we can be confident that all things are working together for our good and that uh, we shall then know that all things, all things are freely given to us. So if it says it right here in the Word and that nothing is against us, then what is this gap between what the Word says that God will freely give us all things and us seeing this all things being manifested in our life. And so it's because of our unbelief. So I want us to turn to Mark chapter nine and I'm gonna read, uh, let's see, Mark nine, I'm gonna start at verse 17. So I have a few scriptures here. And it says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have bought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And whosoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with the teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples 
that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, and this is Jesus, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. So he had a seizure. That spirit, you know, started to react. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now listen to this, verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Now let's stop here. So he is acknowledging, first of all, the fact that he, had, he must believe because he's bringing his son to Jesus. And he's saying, please have compassion. Please help us. So he has faith. He knows that Jesus has what his son needs. And he even says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. So what is it saying here? It's saying that it is possible to have faith and still have unbelief. I think that's where most of us dwell. We have faith in Jesus. We have given our lives to Jesus. We read the word of God. We pray. We spend time in the presence of the Lord. We worship. We dedicate our lives to the gospel. So we have faith. We have faith because that measure of faith has been given to us. We also understand that it's faith that pleases God. We have faith. But we also have unbelief. I want to keep going. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as, he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, I know we have heard this probably several times. If you were raised in church, if you've been in church at any point in time, you have heard of this scripture and the way that I have heard it is people have pretty much said that this kind meaning this spirit come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting and it's been taken like there's only certain things you can do unless you pray and fast well I want to um, give you something for your consideration that that is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about necessarily that spirit. He's talking about this act of faith cannot be done unless through prayer and fasting. 
And it's, he's going to break it down even more if you actually go back to Matthew. This story is also recorded in the book of Matthew. Also, at this time, the disciples were not praying and they were not fasting. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. Let me turn over there. Matthew 9, verse 14. And it says, Then came to him the disciples of John, so John the Baptist's disciples, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast off, but thy disciples fast not? So they didn't fast. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. So the disciples were not fasting at this time. And Jesus is telling them that the only way you can cast this demon out or the only way, not even cast this demon out, but the only way that you can do this kind of work is by prayer and fasting. Now, Jesus, he did this often. He often went away to pray and to fast. What am I saying? Because it was the faith that Christ had that allowed him to operate in such power. He said, oh, faithless generation. So he's talking about faith. This kind of faith can only be, can only be possessed, can only grow from a place of fasting and praying. So I want us to go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to actually... Uh, yes, this is it. Matthew chapter 17. And I'm going to start at verse 16. And I bought him to thy disciples. So this is the same. This is this is the same story just in Matthew. Actually, we'll go to 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, a sore vex. Oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I bought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, again, like in, in the book of Mark, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So we now know in the book of Mark, Jesus had rebuked the devil, and there was another episode that happened before the devil had left. But right here, it pretty much just got to the point Jesus rebuked the devil. He departed from him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? Now look at this. This is where I want us to look at. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, Ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it, this kind, this kind of what? This kind of unbelief goes not out by prayer, but prayer, I mean, I'm sorry. How be it, this kind goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. 
So he's saying here that this kind of faith can grow through prayer and fasting, and this kind of unbelief goes out by prayer and fasting. And he says, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you should say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed. Now let's think about this. The disciples walked with Jesus. They saw miracles. So we know that they had faith in Jesus. They had faith because they could see, and they saw this miracle. They saw that happen. They saw this person get delivered. They had faith. And Jesus is reiterating what I said earlier that as a grain of a mustard seed, that's all the faith you need to remove the mountain. I believe that the disciples had that much faith. But what was stopping their faith was their unbelief. And so there's different types of things that happen in your life. And I have, if you have followed my teaching, I've said this before, and I'm going to repeat some things, but there are certain things in our life that causes unbelief. It could be bad teaching. It could be circumstances. In this particular situation, the disciples were trying to cast this demon out. I mean, this is Jesus who rebuked it, and it still foamed and, and wallowed on the ground. I mean, the father said that it would throw him into the fire, throw him into the water. I mean, this was a very evil, demonic spirit. And it acted like this even when Jesus told him to come out. So the disciples... I'm sure when they tried to cast it out, I'm sure it did a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm sure they questioned. And obviously they did because they even asked Jesus, I don't get it. I got faith. How come this isn't happening? Well, this is us. Those of us who are maybe walking through certain circumstances or if you're struggling with a sickness or if you're having financial issues, it's like, I have faith. God, I have faith. I believe in Jesus. I'm healed. I know I'm healed. I know that I have provision. I know that I have joy. I'm reading it here in the word. All I need is faith the size of a mustard seed. I know I must have that much faith. What's the problem? And it's our unbelief. I know for myself, I found myself this week uh, being challenged in my area of not faith, but in the area of unbelief. I was, I was doing good and then something happened in my body that caused me to lose focus of what I believed I already had, which was my healing. And so what did I do? I went to grab a supplement. And I'm actually feeling the effects of the supplement now. I didn't need the supplement. My husband says all the time, babe, God don't need your help. But what is that? That was an action of unbelief. It's in those moments that I realize I say I have faith. And I do. I say that I know I'm healed. And I believe that I do, but then when I'm faced with that testing of my faith, my response is not saying that I know I'm healed. 
my response is saying, oh, I gotta fix it. Oh, I gotta go do this. Oh, I gotta go change this. I'm wondering, I'm reasoning, I'm trying to figure it out instead of remaining in faith, remaining in what Christ has done for me, believing that it's already done. So in this situation, this father, he says, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. That's us. God, I believe, but I got unbelief. And where did my unbelief come from? I don't know. It could come from what I see on TV. It can come from a circumstance that has been going on for years and years and years. I don't know about you, but there's certain things in certain areas in my life that I, I'm like, will this ever change? The Bible says the tribulation work of patience, patience, experience, experience, hope, and this hope will not fail us. But it's in that journey that you get weary. And the Bible says do not get weary in well-doing. But you got to work to not get weary. You don't have to work for the result. The result is already done. Christ has already paid for everything you need. Your healing, your provision, your wholeness, your joy, your peace, your sound mind. He's already paid for it. So we don't work for that. We work to believe. John 6. Jesus said the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. We have to believe that it's already done. But when we're in the tribulations and when our patience is growing and we're experiencing this and that, we got to continue to hope. And we got to not allow unbelief. I love to I love to look at unbelief like weeds. We are constantly having to work to pull up the unbelief and guard from other unbelief that tries to come. The enemy knows that, if, oh, if I could just cause this to happen, he, he can't, he's trying to get you to not have faith, but we're guarded. We're sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have faith because we have Christ. He's in us. So, and, he, and the enemy can't touch us, so he can suggest to us, he can make us look and look off of the thing that we need to keep our eyes on, which is Jesus, which is what he said, and to focus on something else. And when we do that, what does that do? It breeds unbelief. I did a teaching about a scale, and on one side of the scale was faith, and we have faith. But on the other side of the scale is unbelief. And the more unbelief that we see, and if we're not doing the work to take unbelief off the scale, this is what the scale is going to do. It's not that your faith is gone. It's just that you have so much unbelief. And so Jesus is telling us how to get rid of this unbelief by prayer and by fasting. And I have challenged myself. I know when I get to that place that I'm like, oh, I'm, I got a lot of unbelief. 
because a lot is coming at me. You know, I take it's like I take a step of faith and then something comes and it's like, oh, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh. And then I take another step, but then, oh, another thing comes. And it's like, I feel like I am so heavy with unbelief. I'm starting to doubt. I'm starting to question. I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to worry. And how do I get myself out of this? Well, first, I have to get in the word of God. I have to read this word. And then I pray this word. And then I fast. I cut off those things. I starve my flesh because my flesh is where the unbelief is breeding. It's in my soul. It's in my thoughts. It's in my emotions. So if we starve our flesh, then it it it's like you're suffocating. You know, I we grill. I was gonna say I grill, but I don't grill because it gets all the smoke get all up in my hair. So my husband grills. But it's like when you, especially charcoal, when you have charcoal, and I hope I'm saying this right, but if you smother it, then the, it starts, the fire goes down and it starts to smoke. So if you smother your flesh, then the unbelief starts to go down. And that's why Jesus is saying. That by prayer and fasting is the only way you can get this unbelief out. And by prayer and fasting is how you grow in this faith. It's how you get the scale of faith to be more stronger than your unbelief. But we don't do that. We kind of wallow. I say we, a big we. I am included in this. We wallow and we, we start to reason. We start to reason, how is this happening? Why is this happening? How can I get myself out of this? This doesn't make sense. We're trying to figure this thing out in the natural. And Jesus is like, no, 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 this ain't a natural thing. You can't handle this in the natural. The prayer, if we go back to Romans 8, Romans 8 verse 26 Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, this is important, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Oh, so important. This is how you pray. You pray in your heavenly language. Because sometimes we don't know how unbelief got in. You, I don't know about y'all, but there's days I'm good. I mean, I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord and I'm rebuking and I'm standing on the word of God. And then next thing I know, I'm like, this is failing terribly. I am doing a horrible job. What am I doing with my life? I am tired of this. I quit. I'm done. You know, I don't, sometimes I don't know how that unbelief got in. I, don't, I, I mean, I can sit there and try to figure out, was it something I ate? Was it something I watched? Was it somebody I was talking to? I mean, how, well, I don't know. And you know, people ask, well, what, did something happen? Like, why are you not believing? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you just don't know. But guess who does? The spirit knows. He searches the heart. He knows. And so when Jesus is telling us 
that to pray and to fast, to pray. We pray in our heavenly language and the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. And I'm starting to learn that after I spend my time in prayer, I thank the Holy Spirit for revealing to me because that's what he does. He, he brings things back to remembrance. He teaches you. He comforts you. He shows you. He intercedes for you. So I'm starting to ask him, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to know. Reveal to me what you just prayed for me so that I can walk in wisdom. So when we spend this time in prayer, it is so important for this walk of faith because the Holy Spirit can say, shut this door because unbelief is coming in this door. In that relationship because unbelief is breeding there. Stop watching this because it's causing you to be passive. Don't make that turn anymore because you keep going in this circle and it's causing you unbelief. Cycles can cause you unbelief because you're going around and around and around and you can have this tenacity and you can be relentless at first, but keep going three years. Keep going seven years. So the Holy Spirit knows how to get out of those cycles. He knows what's coming against you. And isn't that a blessing that we have him interceding on our behalf. He knows what we ought to pray because we don't know. We could be like, oh Lord, I need this job. I need this job bad, God. My finances are falling apart. I need it, Lord, I need it. And it could be such a disaster. It could be a trap. It could be a relationship there that can be used by the enemy to breed unbelief in your life. It can make you go further and further and further away from God. He knows. And that's why it's so important. Not just, that's why I was saying with that scripture, it's not just related to casting out spirits. It's, it's our walk. It's this faith walk. It's this work of standing in faith and pulling up this, these weeds of unbelief. And then the fasting, the fasting, Romans 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, which is, means opposition against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So this 
is the other side. So we understand the prayer. We understand spending time in our heavenly language. We know what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's interceding for us. He's going to teach us and show us how to not go in the direction of unbelief. What doors are we giving access to for unbelief? But the fasting part, this is our job. We have to not live by the flesh. The flesh is carnal. It does not please God. What does that mean? Well, let's look on the other side. Faith is what pleases God. So if faith is what pleases God, and that's the spirit, then the flesh is in unbelief, and that does not please God. And so we have to starve our flesh. We have to starve it. We can't live by the flesh. Your flesh will tell you, now, why you keep believing that you healed? Didn't you just feel that pain in your, in your knee? Didn't you just have that headache? Didn't you just do this and do that? Why, now, why you keep believing that, that you're going to have prosperity? Didn't you just look at your bank account? Didn't you just see that bill come in the mail? That's how your flesh naturally reacts. And so if your flesh, if you keep feeding your flesh, you give into the things of the flesh, you're going to live by the flesh. So we have to fast and starve the flesh. And that's not just food. It's what, it's your gates, your eyes, your ears, your mouth. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Is it breeding unbelief? Is it satisfying your flesh? You know, I got a confession. I already told this to my husband. Food was an issue for me. I love to cook. I have a YouTube channel. It's doing very well. It's, it's fun. And before the YouTube channel, I love to cook. It was my therapy. Not only do I love to cook, but I love to eat, which is why I was super heavy and eventually got sick. But I depended on food. I loved the thought of it. And there would be days that I would wake up and I would feel so discouraged and down. And you know, first I turned to coffee, but coffee was starting to give me an opposite effect, so that wasn't working. And so food, just the thought of finding a new recipe, twisting it and making it mine, making it taste so good, and then sitting at the table with other people tell me how good it is, and then me eat it. It was satisfying my flesh. And what was really going on? The why was because I had unbelief. I just said I would wake up feeling discouraged. I would wake up feeling down. And I wanted some joy. So I satisfied that craving within me. Go cook and go eat. And so we have to be aware of what things are in our lives. Now, this is the thing. And let me say this. Your healing, your deliverance, your breakthrough, the blessings of God, you already have them. It's not stopping, it's not stopping those things from happening in your life. They're already available because of Christ. That's key. Because if, you, if you're not careful, 
you're going to be thinking, well, this isn't happening. I don't have my healing because I, okay, no, you have your healing. You have it. Why don't you see it? Because something is stopping it. Something is holding it up and it ain't God. It ain't Jesus. He done did it. He's sitting at the right hand of God, the father It's already done. But it's what we, it's what we're doing in the natural. It's the unbelief that we have that is stopping the flow of the blessing to your life. So this is not trying to earn, okay? This isn't about earning. I'm not gonna fast to earn my healing. I'm not gonna fast to earn my provision. That's not what this is. I'm fasting because I need to suffocate these weeds of unbelief. That's why I'm fasting. I'm fasting because I see this behavior that is stopping me from receiving. See, I see faith as a receiver. Like, it's 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 flowing. I, I'm actually writing a devotional and I talk about, wait, should I tell y'all yet? Maybe I should wait. I'll let y'all read it. But no, but I had said this in my study one day. It's like, it's like when you drink out of something, like, I don't know, if you, if, I love crushed ice, for instance, right? So you can have crushed, crushed ice is small. If you have a straw that you're drinking out of and an ice cube gets stuck in there, you're like, you know, it, it's, it's stopping. I already have the water in the cup, but an ice cube got stuck in my straw. So my receiver stuck. And so what do I do? I gotta, I gotta slurp extra hard. I gotta, you know, you know, sometimes you like really hard and that ice cube go whoop, you know, it pops in your mouth. That's the work. The work is to get that unbelief out so that the thing that I already have can flow to me. And so when you fast, that's you pulling the ice cube out. And for a lot of us, we got a whole lot of ice cube. <laughs> we got a lot. We got a lot of weeds that we got to pull up. And so when we are not giving into our flesh, then now what is already on the inside of us can manifest itself and we can see the healing the deliverance, the breakthrough, the thing that you know God has told you, the promises and the good uh, uh, the good spiritual blessings that Ephesians 1 talks about, the spiritual blessings, we can see those things manifest. Now, something that I have to say, it takes time. Now, this is important. It takes time. It's not that the healing is not available. It's already available, right? And it's not as easy as just sucking an ice cube out of a straw. That is not how it works. I'm just using that just to give you a visual. But if your garden has so many weeds in it, and if you've ever been in a garden, if you ever have a yard, okay, you can pull a whole bunch. First of all, pulling weeds takes time. It really does. And then there are some weeds that look like trees. Sometimes you can't even tell if it's a weed. You're like, is that a weed? And then you leave it and then it's like some weeds. I mean, for real, there was a, there was a weed in our yard that it, it started off very small and it looked like it was gonna be like a pretty plant or whatever. It grew, I mean, the, the, the trunk, I don't even know weeds have trunk, but this thing, I mean, it was wood. It looked like a trunk and it was thick. It was like this thick and it was super tall and it had all these green leaves. 
because the root system of the weed was crazy. If we have not, if this is new to us, if we have not been aware of how much unbelief has piled up in our life, it's going to take some time to not just pull the weeds, but to learn how to manage the garden. To get to a place where there's no, there's no more weeds and no more seeds of weeds that are falling. So it's this constant pulling. And it's going to take time. And then you're going to get to one that's like super big. And it's going to be just, you can't even pull it. You just pull it on it. And while you're pulling on it, something else comes. And you're like, oh my God. And you're just like, what in the world? Do not get discouraged in that. It's going to take time. But if we do the work of God, if we continue to believe and continue to pull those weeds and guard our hearts and pull those weeds and guard our heart and pull those weeds and guard our heart, you're going to see the manifestation, the thing that you already have available. Then the flowers that are already planted, they're gonna naturally bloom. You're not gonna have to do anything. You're making room for that thing that God has promised you. You're making room for the finished works of Christ. That's what you're doing, you're just making room. You already have it, but there's no room because we're it's crowded with just weeds. And if you know about weeds, my husband told me today there's a thing called a vine weed and it like wraps itself around and it just sticks to everything. I mean, gosh, there's no room. There's no room for the beautiful roses and tulips and dandelions and all these other beautiful things. There's no room because it's so much weed. And you may think your garden is plush. It could be green. It could be just full of, you know, whatever. And it can be just as dead as it wants to be, just full of unbelief. This is why we gotta be careful not to compare because somebody's garden can look so nice and green and beautiful, but it could just be a whole bunch of weeds, a whole bunch of unbelief. And they've learned how to work the garden with the weeds, but we should not want weeds in our garden. We should want plants. We should want flowers. We should want the things that Christ has died for us to have. And so that takes work. It takes a lot of work. And you're gonna have days that you're like, I'm praying. I mean, I'm, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm believing, and I'm still not seeing. It's gonna happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to front. It's, that is going to happen. And it's going to happen a lot. And that's when you're going to have to stand on this word. You may not see it, but you know this word is true. So whether you see it in your life or not, that does not negate the fact that this is truth. And having that mindset is what's going to get you 
to see, put you in position, well, you're already in position, but allow you to receive what Christ has made available for you. But don't think that, oh, this is just a quick answer. And no. Now, what will happen is once you have room to receive, it's going to be a quick work. It is going to be a quick work. But, you know, you think about the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus. And I don't know how, you know, the Bible doesn't say the time length of this. So she heard Jesus, she heard about Jesus, and she said to herself, if I could just touch him. I don't know if she was miles away. I don't know if it was days out. We don't know. They didn't have cars back then. You know, you had to walk everywhere. We don't know this timeline. We don't even know how long she had heard about Jesus. She could have had heard about Jesus for years. But she said, if I could just touch him, I know I can be made whole. And then not only that, but then she had to press her way. She was unclean. She wasn't supposed to be around people, but she didn't care. And she pressed her way and she touched him. And it was her faith. Jesus says, who touched me? It was her faith that made her whole. But what I want us to look at is we don't know how long it took. We know she had faith, but we don't know how much unbelief she had. And I think that having that sickness bleeding for, for 12 years and going to so many doctors, I'm sure some of us can relate. Going to so many doctors and spending all her money, you've got to know that weeds were growing in her garden. Weeds of unbelief. But what we don't know is what work did she do? How long did it take for her to, she could have been every day, if I could just touch, if I could just touch, if I could just touch him, I know I could be made whole. If I could just touch him, she could have went day after day. If I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, I got to get to him. 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 She could have went day after day after day after day. But what I do know is she got to a place where she was ready to receive her healing. She had made room to receive her healing. And when she touched him, her healing was manifested. She had made room. She did the work. She pressed her way. She said to herself, a lot of the unbelief, a lot of the fasting is in our mind. Fasting, what are we saying? What are we saying to ourselves every day? Are we saying, I'm healed. I'm healed. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not taking this supplement. I'm not taking this medicine. I'm healed. I know I'm healed. I know it's already done. Do we do that? Most of the time, our minds are saying, I don't, I know what the word says, but I don't know. Well, maybe if I do this, well, maybe if I pray longer, 
Well, well, maybe if I worship louder, well, maybe if I start devoting myself to going to church every Sunday, well, may, I know what it is. I need to start tithing. That's what it is. That's what I need to do. We try to find everything. And that's, that's really the law. Because that's pretty much saying that it's not by grace, it's by works. And that profit is us that profit us nothing. We don't gain anything from that. But that this, our thoughts, we gotta fast our thoughts. And that is work. That is that that is the weed that looks like a tree. That takes work. And you can't do that one on your own. That's the power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to uproot that. You need the word of God to uproot that. You can't do that on your own. But you have to be willing to do the work. Willing to allow the Holy Spirit to come in well, he's already in you, but to come in that situation and have his way to be what he says he will be, the strengthener. But we try to do it on our own or we don't or we don't fast our thoughts. We just kind of let them just linger. And then like me, you wake up one day and you're like all down and discouraged and you don't know why because you didn't do the work. Talking to myself. And understand that the bigger the assignment and what I mean by that I don't mean like bigger in numbers you know what I mean I'm just saying the bigger the assignment the the more valuable the assignment is so you know there may be something I don't know going to the grocery store is not a valuable assignment but teaching is a valuable assignment uh, ministering to children is a valuable assignment but the assignment, the more value that's on the assignment, the greater the attack is going to be of the enemy in your thoughts and what he throws at you. And understand that you don't have to do it on your own. You have a helper, but you have to be aware. And so I hope today gave you some enlightenment of what's going on and unbelief is 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 a part of our humanity it's a part of our flesh it's why the bible tells us that you know carnally minded is death that's why the bible tells us that that the flesh does not please god so we have to be aware that our flesh houses unbelief and our spirit houses uh, houses faith, excuse me, houses faith. And so we wanna please God, then we have to live by faith and we have to do the work to suffocate this unbelief. So I wanna pray for us as we let this word kind of sink inside of us. And I believe that we have everything we need to overcome this unbelief, but we have to do what Jesus said and we have to pray and fast because it's the only way we can overcome this unbelief. Heavenly Father, I thank you 
for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that we can spend time with you and you can reveal to us areas of our lives where we're breeding unbelief, areas in our life where, lives where we are harboring weeds. And I thank you that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us to do the work, to believe in you, believe in your finished work, pull up these unbelief, pull up the doubt, Pull up the fear so that we can make room to receive what you have already predesignated us to have, the spiritual blessings. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.